The work you do for your clients feels fulfilling and impactful, but running a business? That feels hard. You're not only in charge of your client work, you're also head of marketing, management, admin, client satisfaction, systems and processes. Yeah, it can feel overwhelming. That's where this podcast comes in. You're listening to The Simple Business Show with me, Nisha Woolery. Each week, we'll discuss simple ways to start, market, and organize your service-based business. My mission? To teach solopreneurs how to simplify their business so they can earn more money by doing less stuff. Let's dive in. Just quickly interrupting the show to let you know about the freebie that comes with this episode. If you know you need to organize your service-based business, but you think you don't have time and you don't even know where to start, don't worry, I've got you. I created a free roadmap called the Roadmap to Organize Your Business, and it maps out the exact 10 areas of your biz that you need to organize ASAP. Step one is an area most solopreneurs overlook, but organize this and you'll not only achieve peace of mind, you'll most likely make more income. To download your free roadmap, go to nishawoolery.com slash roadmap. Hey guys, what's up? If you are sick of client work and you're wondering if, you know, this business is really what you're meant to be doing with your life, maybe you are toying with the idea of selling a digital product like a course or something instead of working with clients, then this episode is for you because today I'm going to be sharing what to do when you're sick of client work. But before I do though, um, if you're watching this on YouTube, be sure to subscribe and click the bell icon so you don't miss future videos. So first up, let's get one thing out in the open. It is totally normal to sometimes feel sick of client work, especially when you're an introvert because people. (laughs) I mean, like sometimes as an introvert, you're just not quite in the mood for people. It doesn't always mean that, you know, you're not meant to, to work with clients. And it doesn't always mean that something is out of alignment in your business. I think that many creatives start to get tired of client work sometimes, particularly if they've had a tricky client or two recently, and they begin to toy with the idea of selling products instead of services. Whether that's best for you or not is totally up to you, but like I said, you don't always have to jump to such extremes. Feeling sick of client work sometimes does not mean that you need to stop working with clients. It does mean, though, that something needs to change, and I'm going to help you identify what that is today. So first up, I want you to ask yourself if you're sick of the clients, the work, or the process. What specifically are you sick of? You need to get really like specific about that and hone in on that before deciding what your next move should be. If it's the clients that you're sick of, that's great. (laughs) It doesn't seem great to you, but that's actually a good thing because we can fix that really easily. If it's the work that you do that you're sick of, that's a bit trickier because it requires you to do some real soul searching and sort of find the kind of work that would light you up inside, the kind of work that would set your soul on fire. And then lastly, we have that the process. 
Um, also an easy fix because as long as you stop putting off working on it, you stop putting off streamlining your process and investing a bit of time into that, you can figure that out pretty easily as well. So what I want us to do in this episode is to break down those three things. So when you're sick of clients, when you're sick of your work, and when you are sick of the process that you're going through with your clients. I'm going to break those down one by one and just give you some tips to help you move through this so you can stop feeling sick of client work and get back to enjoying the work that you do and getting passion from the work that you do as well. So first of all, clients. Is it the type of clients that you take on? And actually, let me talk to you about some signs that it could be your clients that are the problem, that are the reason why you're not enjoying your work. So If it's your clients, what will tend to happen is you'll find that your clients will disrespect your boundaries or maybe your clients are controlling. And by that, I mean, well, let me give you an example. So that will help you see what I mean. So when I was, I used to be a web and graphic designer and I took on this client the once who seemed like a pretty good fit for me. And I was really excited about her project brief. It all sounded really great. But then what I noticed happening when I took on the project and we began was that she didn't really want me to um, take over art direction. She pretty much had a super solid vision for what her branding was going to look like, what she wanted her logo to look like, what she wanted her brand colours to be. She gave me the codes for that. Absolutely everything she'd already thought of in her mind. And she just needed to hire a designer to make her idea come to life. She wasn't necessarily hiring me to come up with ideas. She just wanted me to bring her idea into form. So that's what I mean by sometimes you can get controlling clients where they don't really want you to use your imagination, especially if you're, you know, in a creative business role. They kind of just want to tell you what to do. You may also feel like you dread opening their emails, like you have to pump yourself up to go into your inbox. And I know because that's how I used to feel. I remember going, sometimes I'd go into Gmail and you know, when you log in and the logo comes up on the screen, sometimes when that happened, I would actually feel anxiety in the pit of my stomach, in my chest. I just could not, I could not bear the thought of emailing some of these clients. Like it was really driving me crazy at that time. Now, you may not have to do something as huge as launch a course, for instance, because I know that so many creatives think of that as the first, you know, sort of option out when they stop enjoying their client work. They'll say, well, you know what, I'm just going to launch a course or I'm going to like create an ebook and try and make money that way instead. And the thing is, that's, that's totally fine, but you may be able to simply take on higher quality clients and have firmer boundaries with those clients. And that might be all that you literally need to bring more enjoyment and more passion back to your business. It may not be that you need to do this complete overhaul and, you know, launch something entirely different and create a whole new business model. And by the way, I do have an episode all about boundaries and setting them with your clients. I think it's episode four. So go check that out. Episode four of The Simple Business Show. It's called Four Ways to Set Boundaries with Your Clients. 
So if you don't like your clients, they're being disrespectful, they're walking over your boundaries, they're being controlling, that kind of thing, what I would suggest is to vet your clients better. So inside of my course, Organize and Automate, we have this template called the the client scorecard, where what you do is you fill out this scorecard when you're on a free consultation with your client and you give the client a score out of 10 for a whole variety of things. But one of them, for instance, is you would score them out of 10 on how they speak about others they've worked with before you. So like if you're a designer, for instance, and they have already worked with the designer in the past, you would ask them how that process went, what that was like. And if they spoke, you know, positively about that person and the experience, even if it didn't really go as well as they had hoped, if they're still being respectful, that's a great sign. That's a, that's a green flag for you, showing you that this client is most likely going to be a really respectful client for you to take on. And then basically at the end of this scorecard, you add up their total and the scorecard tells you what what is a bad score, what is an okay score, and what is a great score. And anybody who scores really low, it shows you that, you know what, you should really pass on this client. Anybody who scores okay, you could take them on, but just be wary that there may be a couple of hiccups in the process. And someone who scores great will most likely be your dream client. Will this type of scorecard protect you from all nightmare clients? Most likely not. But will it protect you from most of them? Yes. Another really great way to attract higher quality clients is to raise your rates. Because I know it's a really scary thing to think of, a really scary idea to ask people for more money. But here's how this attracts higher quality clients. When you don't charge enough for your services, when you're really undercharging, what you're going to do is you're going to attract penny pinching clients. So these are the clients who will not pay you very much, but they will demand heaven and earth from you. And they will want to bleed you of every single penny they paid you. And in a way, it's kind of understandable because if you have a penny pinching client, They most likely don't have a lot of money to invest in someone who sells your services or, you know, what you, what they've paid you to them is a lot of money. And so naturally they're going to want to sort of bleed everything that they can get out of this because to them, they've paid you so much money. Now, the, the funny thing is that when you raise your rates, you end up attracting higher quality clients because you're attracting people who have a bit more money to spend on somebody who is selling your service. And these types of clients are looking for a professional. They are not looking for someone who they can tell exactly what to do down to the tiniest little detail. They are looking for a pro who already knows what to do, who can take control of this project and save them time. That is what higher quality and higher paying clients are looking for. So they're looking for a pro, hence they're willing to pay you pro prices. And they don't want to control everything because they just want someone who knows this stuff better than them and will do a better job than them. It's kind of like dating. So when you're dating, you want to like have high standards, right? Like not extremely high, of course, but you want to not have super low standards because when you have low standards, when you're dating, what you tend to do is attract 
low quality guys or whoever you date. And that is going to result in you being anxious, you being tired, you being unhappy. All of these things because this person is a really low quality person. Why? Because you have low quality standards. And the same thing kind of goes for business and pricing. If you price really low, you attract that type of client who's looking for a low price. If you attract a bit higher, you attract higher quality clients. It is scary to say no to clients when you need the money. You know, like if, for instance, you are on a free consultation and the client is not a good fit for you, it can be really scary to turn that client away. I'm not here to tell you, you know, I'm not here to tell you to say no to a person who is offering you money if you really need it. But often if they score in the really bad area of the scorecard, it is best if you can pass on that client, if you can afford to. These are often the clients you will wish you hadn't taken on in the first place. And they're often the clients who will ghost you when you send them an invoice anyway. Just want to give a quick shout out to this week's sponsor, my free masterclass, the simple 10 step plan to organize your service-based business, even if you have no time. If you've been feeling stressed and overwhelmed from doing hashtag all the things in your biz and you're ready to stress less, work less hours, but make more money, this masterclass is for you. You'll not only learn my simple 10-step framework to organizing your business, you'll also learn how organizing it can double your income. No exaggeration, I'll even show you how one of my students achieved this. Go to nishawillery.com slash masterclass to sign up today. So let's move on to the second point, which is the work. What to do when you are sick of your work itself. The first thing that I personally would try to do, because I have been in this position and I thought to myself, you know, I'm really tired of my work. I'm really not feeling passionate about my work. And maybe this is a sign for me to, you know, start a new business, try something else. Maybe this isn't my calling. And so if that is kind of how you're feeling at the moment, the first thing would be to do would be to try and realign with your why before making any drastic changes. And I read a book called Start With Why by Simon Sinek, I think his last name is, or Sinek. I have no idea how you pronounce it, but Hey, <laughs> that book is my favorite business book of all time. I will link to that below in the show notes. It is so good. So if you're struggling with your why, definitely give that a read. Sometimes your why can get lost and you forget why you even do the work that you do. But it's really, really important to reconnect with the passion that you had when you first began your business. You know, sometimes we feel sick of our work because we've either forgotten why we do it or we kind of have a sense of why we do it. But what we're doing, the work we're doing and how we are doing it is out of alignment with our why. And I'm really sorry that my phone is ringing in the background. (laughs) But yeah, sometimes it's because we've forgotten our why or it's because our work, what we're doing, what we're teaching, what we're telling other people to do is out of alignment with our why and our values. And it's often really hard to put words to this feeling 
you know, when your why is out of alignment, it just tends to feel like how I described at the um, the start of this point. You just feel really fed up with your work and like maybe you should be trying something, something new, something different. Other signs that you're kind of forgetting your why is you start looking too much for others or to others for inspiration. You start to procrastinate with your work a lot and you self-sabotage yourself. You self-sabotage from promoting your services. You hold yourself back from that because deep down, you don't enjoy those services right now. So how do you find your why? I feel like that's a really big loaded question that a lot of people ask and there is no clear cut answer for absolutely everyone. There's no cookie cutter answer that will work for all of you. But here's what I would recommend. Finish the sentence, I believe everyone deserves blank. Then ask yourself, what do I hate about my industry? And then ask yourself, whose business would I love to have if I could have anyone's business? The reason being that these answers, okay, they're not, they may not give you like a straightforward forward why. You may not come, come out of it thinking, oh my goodness, yes, I completely and perfectly understand my why now. But I think it's a really great starting, starting point because your answers will reveal so much that can help you begin to make your way back to your why. My answers were, when I like looked at these questions and I journaled on them myself, my answers to these were, I believe everyone deserves happiness and inner peace. And, you know, I think that's why my courses help you build a simple business that gives you the time, the money and the freedom to live the lifestyle that you dream of. Because I believe that when people live the lifestyles that they dream of, it makes them happy. And, you know, I believe that if you want to be happy in business, you can't really be that when you're being super hustly and piling a load of stress and overwhelm on yourself, which is why I have an emphasis on teaching creatives how to build simple businesses. So can you kind of see how my why intertwines with what I do in my business? It's all about values. So asking yourself those questions that I shared will really help you get to the core of your why and the core of your values. One of the questions was, um, I think it was, did I just say, what do you hate about your industry? The reason I asked that is because oftentimes that is a really good window into what can make you or what already does make you different. Like I just shared, I hate hustle and I hate overwhelm and I hate that there are so many people preaching that kind of culture to creative business owners telling them that if they're not working hard, if they're not working all hours of the day, if they're not willing to sacrifice their sleep for their business, then they're not working hard enough. I don't think that that is a healthy way to run your business. And that's something that I hate personally about my industry. So that is infused into my, my mission, my business, my why. Now, Let's move on. Actually, let's stay on this point for a little bit longer because I do, I do have so much to say about finding your why. I don't know why, but like, it's just a topic that I'm really passionate about. Your work can change, but your why usually never does. So that is something else to keep in mind. 
You may define your why using different words and sentences along the years, but the concept is usually always the same. So case in point, I am toying with the idea of starting a new Instagram or maybe a new business. I'm not quite sure. It's kind of been one of those things that's been in my mind, in my brain for such a long time and I haven't acted on it yet. But uh, yeah, I want to start like a new Instagram account or something like this to help women build self-worth, break toxic relationship patterns that they have and become happy and secure single. And you can see my why in this too. Because every, I believe that every woman deserves happiness and inner peace regardless of her relationship status. You know, you shouldn't have to feel miserable because you're single, even though the world tells you that you should be. I don't believe that that is the case. So as you can see, my why is not just intertwined with what I'm teaching in business, but it's also intertwined with this new Instagram account idea that I have. So like I said, sometimes your work will change Or sometimes you'll not just like, not change your work necessarily, but you'll take on different projects and things like this. But your why is typically always the same. Now, the third point that we're going to move on to is your process. So what to do when you are sick of your client process. So what if you find it really hard to get your clients to hand in files and feedback on time? So your projects are always like, not starting on time and not finishing on time? What if you are always forgetting parts of your process? Sometimes maybe even your client has to remind you of certain stages and steps in the process or things that you have overlooked. Or maybe you feel overwhelmed every time you come to sit down and work on your client work. You may even have what I like to call process embarrassment. It's not a thing, I just kind of call it that, but you know what I mean. It's like when your process is a hot mess and you're worried that your clients are going to look at you and think you're so unprofessional because you're all over the place. I know that it is hard to make time to sort this out, but seriously, make time to sort it out. Sometimes we put off doing something for months that doesn't actually take us as long as we think it will. And when it comes to streamlining your client process, trust me, it does not take you that long. And I know that for a fact because inside my course, inside of Organize and Automate, the client process is, I think it makes up three modules of the course. There's 10 modules. It makes up three of them. And most of my students get through that course in two weeks, just two weeks on the side of their client work. And that's the whole 10 modules. That's not just like the three modules on the client process. So trust me when I say it doesn't have to take you as long as you probably, probably think that it will. When you actually make time to streamline your client process, you'll be able to go through the rest of the year feeling so much more inner peace and you'll be able to enjoy your work again. So it's really worth just putting down the procrastination and getting it done. Stop delaying your peace of mind and just do it. You know, I think that we are so used to work being hard that we often choose hard and we often choose hard work over feel good work. But it doesn't have to be that way, especially when it, when you are your own boss. 
You know, the power is always within your hands to do something different in your business, something that will give you more joy and more peace of mind and more happiness. So always remember that the power is always yours in your business. So the last sort of point I want to touch on before I just wrap this episode up is boundaries. This is so, so important. It's really important to clearly distinguish your work hours from your free time because I think that sometimes this can be why we don't enjoy our work anymore. I think that sometimes, you know, we can think to ourselves, I'm just really tired of this work. I'm tired of these clients. Maybe this business isn't my calling. Maybe I should be doing something else. Maybe even you think, Maybe even, you know, you think that you should be back in a nine to five day job and that would be a lot easier and more enjoyable for you. But, you know, sometimes really the resentment towards our work is a bigger symptom, is it, or sorry, is a symptom of a bigger problem. We don't have boundaries and we let our work leak out into our free time. When instead, I think it's really helpful for us to have clear lines, clear boundaries between our work time and our free time. And I think it's really important as well to fill that free time with activities and people that bring us joy, to, you know, make sure that our lives are balanced and not just all work or not just all something else. Because if your life isn't balanced, I think that's when you start to feel resentment, to be honest. And I think that's when you begin to not enjoy life or business as much. No matter what job you do or what business you run, no matter how much you love it, I guarantee that overworking is a surefire way to stop loving it and start resenting it. So maybe that could be your problem and maybe that is the bigger reason why you are not enjoying your client work anymore. So I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you're watching this on Facebook or YouTube, please do give it a like because when you do, basically Facebook and YouTube push this video in front of more people who need it. And if you're listening to this as a podcast, I would really appreciate it if you left a five-star rating and review. Or even if you don't have time to give a review, just scroll down to the bottom of this podcast and hit five stars. It will take you five seconds and that helps this episode and my other episodes get in front of more people. So yeah, so thank you guys for joining me today. It's been awesome. Oh yeah, sorry if I've babbled a little bit or like, you know been hung up on certain words. Um, I'm feeling really hyperactive today. I'm not sure why. I went on um, a run this morning for the first time. I'm not a runner at all, guys, at all. (laughs) But I woke up and I was like, you know what? I'm going to do, I'm going to download Couch to 5k and I'm going to start today. So I did. And it's given me so much energy that I actually feel like I'm like exploding with energy and it's hard to get my words out. So there we go. I mean, it is kind of proof that I don't need caffeine. I just need exercise. (laughs) So yeah, so that's always awesome. But anyway, thank you guys for listening and I hope you enjoyed it. I will see you in the next episode. Hey friend, thanks for tuning in. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe to the show so you never miss future episodes. 
And if you're feeling extra motivated by what was discussed today, I would seriously appreciate it if you'd open up the Apple Podcast app on your phone and leave a super quick review. Honestly, your reviews tell iTunes that this podcast is worth listening to. And iTunes then gets this show in front of more solopreneurs so they can get the help they need to bring more inner calm to their business. Okay, that's it from me today. Thank you for listening and I will speak to you soon.